Hello, welcome to another episode of Fostering Creation. I will be continuing with reading my book, Always Free in Beauty. Once the reading of my book is over, I hope to dive into interviews and conversations with others about their creative work, what it means to them to be an artist, and much more. But for now, I'm glad I get to share my book in this way. If you like what you hear, or are interested in anything else I'm working on, please head to fosteringcreation.com. Okie dokie. Here is another section of Incubator Life on the Road to Freeing Beauty. Renewing Color I come back and renew each day. Small pieces of myself fall away and come back brighter. Like refurbished stained glass, my colors get stronger and bolder. Growth is beautiful and hellacious at the same time, but in the end, it's a gorgeous renewal process. It breathes life into the heart of who we are, our truth, and permeates the good of what gives us our abundant spirit. Thank God for that. Thank God I can grow and come back. Thank God hell doesn't last forever, and heaven shows its face through the fire. Thank God good is bigger than bad. Thank God I can't stay stuck forever. Thank God I don't have to grow alone. Thank God love persists through the smoke. What feels grueling in the moment, in the end becomes soft like silk. Then it fades like dust in the wind. The voices of shame, hurt, anger, and discomfort show up with gritted teeth and pierce through one's heart, to convince them that they'll never survive the darkness. In the eye of the storm, instinct becomes the voice of reason, to remind one to press on. And with that, we survive. The harsh inner critic falls like a broken wall, and we rise above the storm. Thank God for that. Thank God I can come back. Thank God I survived the storm. Thank God the fires of hell die away. Thank God love persists through the smoke. Thank God we can't stay stuck forever. Beauty and grace, I love you. Heart and soul, we need you. Keep going. Love, you are strength. Thank you for holding on like a vice grip. Thank God I can come back. I love to return to the land of the living. My wings are not meant to be buried forever. Thank God I come back. Thank God my colors renew. California Palms This is a sign of my location. These tropical, regal-looking trees are a sign to me that I live in California.
not just a nursing home in the middle of nowhere. They sway in the breeze among the crystal clear blue sky. Dear California, keep breathing. Though I haven't seen much of you since I arrived, there is so much life and sweetness that I've already witnessed. This life I see in nature keeps me going. It keeps my heart beating and hope flowing, that I might one day see more of this lush new home. It's been rough for the world, I know. It's been hard on all of us, I know. However, there's still life that flows. I look forward to walking down the street and hanging out with friends in a world where masks are not being worn as much. I look forward to breathing the fresh air and delighting in all the sweet smells that perfume the streets. Though there has been a great pause this summer, and I have not done all that I thought I would, looking at these trees makes my heart glow. It's a reminder that I did it. My 11-year-old self was so deeply in love with California that she said, one day I'm going to live in California. As I grew up, I didn't believe it. It didn't seem possible to me, and the rational adult that was forming said, I'm not moving anywhere without a job. However, I was too scared to really look for work. I was listening to my inner critic, the big scary judge and the jury that said, you're not skilled enough to look for work away from home. You'll never make it. Don't even try. So I just waited for something, but I was restless and not sure that any kind of something would come. I prayed. I listened. I waited. I tried to hear my heart. I tried to feel my heart. But it wasn't quite there. Some job options floated to the surface. Some options were in California. But it didn't feel right. I was too scared and bolted to where I was. Then, one day, something in me decided I was ready to go anywhere. I looked around, I asked around, and I got a referral. Then, I filled out a job application, sent my resume, and wrote my cover letter. All the appropriate grown-up documentation signed and delivered. Then, the results. A trial job offer. How would you like to be paid, have free room and board, and work with children in Los Angeles, California, was the gist of the offer. Looking at this job offer, every fiber of my being was restless and wrestling with itself. No, you're going to freaking mess it up. You're not good enough or grown up enough to get something this good and that requires this kind of responsibility, the judge and jury screamed. Remember McDonald's? That place you said you were going to get a job at because you were not good enough for anything else? That's your destiny. If there is such a thing. 
You're supposed to live at home, disappoint your parents for eternity, and work at a run-down fast food place for the rest of your life. This job offer was too easy to get. You don't deserve this. Aside from these comments, I had loving friends, professors, and family to remind me that I'm more than the inner judge and jury. Friends cheered me on. They were excited about this new adventure. Professors gave logical advice, and my family was always there to lend a hand. I'm forever grateful for their gentle love and guidance. Upon thinking about this move and job offer, my 11-year-old self returned, reminding me to dream again, reminding me why, from that young age, I've been in love with California, the land of make-believe that made my heart glow, the land of possibility full of tropical landscapes, architecture, and creativity. I wanted to be home in myself and my creative life. That's why California always felt like the future home that could give me the creative life I dreamed of. Adults in my life may have tried to deter me from this fantastical dream of living. So, Barbara, what's on your bucket list, they asked me. Well, I don't have a bucket list, but one thing that I want to do is live in California, 11-year-old me replied. Their faces would contort in seeming disgust. Ew, why would you want to live there, they'd say. It's full of smoke, it's too hot, and there is always so much traffic. Feeling unburdened, and confident in my unconditional love for California, I said, well, I still want to live there, and I left the conversation. The rational adult and the irrational young dreamer have merged to form this new life and person. It's been strange, exciting, rough, and exhilarating. I made it to the land of make-believe, the place where dreamers flock to make something of themselves or to show others what they've already made of themselves. This is my art and my heart and my soul, says the creative soul. Look if you dare, judge if you must, but sticks and stones have broken these bones and words can no longer hurt me because this is who I am and where I belong. California. Though I've only seen a small sliver, I delight in you already. I will do my best to wait out this strange shelter-in-place, mask-wearing phase of human existence. It will make for some interesting stories to tell my children and the next generation of kids. Come this fall, surely, I will get to reunite with you as myself and explore more of your beauty. Until then... Thank you for the palm trees. Stuck in a box. I've always been stuck in a box. My feet throb from hitting the ground running. 
My head pulses from an excess of emotion and a whirlwind of activity. My heart and soul wrestle each other and fight against the outer world. Then they dive inward and fight some more, creating a cycle of perpetual exhaustion and longing. I've always been stuck in a box. My box floats down an ocean. Sailors, fishermen, and those in their boats out for a joyride see my box floating by. They have no idea there's a living, breathing person inside. In my dark, square container that wanders out at sea, a vast range of emotion fills every corner. The walls are splatter-painted with doodles of stories, all my colors, notes to remember, things to say, hopes and dreams that wait to be shared once I'm no longer lost at sea. No one knows all that's inside the box. They s all they see is a box floating on the water. No one will know what's inside until they open it. Some have been brave souls and opened my box. These brave souls are friends that have taken time to sit with me and get to know me. They love me regardless of what mood I'm in. Though I may retreat inward most days, they know what's inside. I am very grateful and honored to have friends that open my box during those moments and that lovingly see through the storm. Each of you are precious treasures that are brighter than gold. I'm in awe of your unconditional love. Most, however, don't know what's inside and don't care to open my box. I must open my own box and step out. Aside from my friends, no one will know the immense challenge it is for me to step out of my box. I curl up like a mouse in a dark hole and observe my insides. I nurse every emotion and thought. I observe the outside and pretend I'm living in it while remaining in my box. Sometimes my box is a place of renewal and sanctuary. I need that introverted time to process the world and who I am. Although sometimes my box becomes a pit of despair that drags me into the darkest parts of myself, turning me into a harsh storm with raging thunderclouds and floods of rain. Those that are not my friends, who don't care to open the box, that's fine. You don't have to. You can just stand on the sidelines and watch me open my box, step out, and share my wild creations with you. I've built my box out of many materials. It started out as a cardboard box that sunk slowly to the bottom of the ocean. Glass cracked too easily and cut those I loved. For that, I'm sorry. Wood kept splintering on the inside. Now, my box is made of several materials. 
I'm not sure of what, but I know it has a strong base and sits on dry land. It's clear, so the sunlight can come in, and I'm no longer invisible, although I can draw the blinds when I need to. My box is not heavy, so it can be easily opened. Perhaps one day I won't need a box at all. But for now, my isolation is what helps me create. It helps me maintain myself and love the world without fear. So I need my box, but I'm not stuck and I'm no longer lost at sea. However, it still happens sometimes. I'm grateful for my dear golden treasures that bring me back and ground me once again. Becoming my best friend. I'm stuck in this strange cocoon. This strange cocoon can be a training ground for my new life. I can nurture and cultivate a 2.0 version of myself. This cocoon can give me tools for the future. It may be hard sometimes, but it can be my favorite project. I can be my favorite project. I can delight in discovering new skills and ways that I like to be. I can find things that I like to do. I can laugh at my burnt meals. I can be grateful for fifth chances and seventh chances that allow me to get better at loving the simple things. I can be grateful for a myriad of do-overs to continue loving myself. I can listen to my body when it wants more rest and when it needs activity. Resting and activity don't need to be strenuous. I can make my space beautiful and one that I feel happy in. When the world opens and humans go back to living more out loud, then I can emerge with stories of my life quarantined in a nursing home. I can share my crazy journey and rejoice in the steps it took to become my best friend. Jungle Transformation Transform and transform and transform. Evolve and evolve and evolve. Release. Breathe. Release and repeat. Then sit back and let the smile slowly broaden and brighten. Let the body relax until it can fun function as it naturally and innately was meant to function and be. Let it be. You grew up hearing, don't force parts. Now it is time to practice. Practice doesn't require much doing or anything impressive. But release, allow, let. And then transform, transform, and transform. Evolve. Turn over new leaves each moment and each day. The glow of love 
will emerge on its own time, as long as you don't stop. Keep moving forward in thought and activity. Balance will come in time. Let it work on you and come to you. Don't force parts. Just let expansion happen. Try not to contract. And though the urge will be strong, you know it will not serve in any way. Curling up in a ball does nothing. So, I ask my heart to take the wheel. Don't forget to check in with your body. And don't let go of the divine. Tell your mind to trust you, the heart, and the divine. We are heading into a vast and wild jungle, but transformation is the bold light on the other side. Releasing Fear As fear releases, my palette for life expands. As anguish fades, my horizons broaden. As tension falls away, breath enters in and my eyes open. As shame becomes extinguished, love grows and glows like a bright light. As depression disappears, joy emerges softly. As anxiety is maintained and diminishes, then peace is free to enter. As pride crumbles, humility builds a new foundation. As self-destruction decomposes, self-acceptance takes its place. As nervousness wears off, presence shows up. As doubt flees, confidence is ignited. As distrust of myself and of my source shatters, trust and security create a new mirror. As insecurity and belittlement break away, strength gracefully takes center stage. As fear releases, my palette for life expands. Florida. Oh, Florida, I forgot how beautiful you are. I forgot how peaceful you are and how beautiful that peace is. It was hard for me to see the beauty of you and feel grateful for what was in front of me when there was an ocean of fire roaring inside me. I did not feel at home anywhere I went. There were moments of feeling at home in different places, but overall, the ocean kept roaring inside me. So, when I moved to a new home, the ocean of fire just got louder. It grew and scorched every fiber of my being. I was exhausted, restless, angry, lonely, anxious, and downright depressed. Home did not exist. Then I went to California. I thought, this is it. Here I come to a new life, 
new adventure, and a place I had dreamed about since I was eleven years old. Then, slowly, like an avalanche, life as the world knew it began to cave in, and my world altered, too. Each week, each day, felt like trudging through molasses. The walls of the property I was living in often seemed to turn black and close in on me. With each restriction coming from the outer world and from my co-workers, my ability to breathe was cut off more each day. Eventually, I began to crumble. Food lost its flavor. Movement felt like pulling myself through that thick and sticky molasses. In and out, up and down, scrape, claw. I'd catch my breath, then fall, scrape, claw, and repeat. My past unresolved battle with myself followed me. It collided brutally with the current pressures and squeezed like a vice grip. Personal and job-related growth appeared through the madness like a whisper. But the ocean of fire was only getting stronger as time moved on. Friends seemed to disappear or become non-existent. Those that did help were mostly virtual. The world outside seemed to erupt and beg for love. I understood its hardship. I knew that everyone was going through a hard time. So it was okay that I had to draw every weapon in my arsenal in an attempt to fight this personal war on my own. A war that had been going on for so long and seemed to get harder to fight with each passing day. Some days were better than others, but my heart always felt bruised. My body always felt singed and depleted, and my mind desperately needed a hug. My mind needed to recharge, but never could. It was constantly working overtime to help my body and my heart maintain a sense of decorum and to continuously repeat, repair itself at the same time. My mind always stitched itself back together. It would always throw a band-aid on that cut or bandage that wound while it remained on duty 24-7. The workday was long, sometimes fun, but always long. The day would start in the dark. 5.30 a.m. felt like a sucker punch to the gut each day. Somehow, I'd roll out of bed and carved out a quick morning routine for myself. Then, by 6 or 7 a.m., the day seemed to take off like a high-speed train. By 2.30 in the afternoon, the train would come to a screeching halt. After a day that felt like speeding down a pitch-black tunnel slide, I would be spit out into the water. Splat. I'd drag my aching heart and body back to my room. My mind panted as it gasped for air. 
we did it another day over just a couple feet more and I can finally collapse the child in me was desperate to see California the one she had dreamed about but she quickly had to grow up her survival depended on it in a short amount of time the child became an adult on the outside she got up she went to work she did her job as diligently as possible and maintained a poker face so that no one could see that inside she was boiling over though i looked like i was functioning i maintained a big secret this big secret was that as the walls were closing in on me i was the host of a colossal ocean of fire that burned inside me no one knew how deeply it burned no one knew that 5.30 a.m. felt like a sucker punch to the gut at each morning. No one knew that 2.30 in the afternoon I would collapse on my bed. No one knew that the weekends were pajama days full of tears. No one knew anything. The cat is out of the bag now. Right up until the end, my personal war raged on. California, I'm sorry. I don't know if I gave you the old college try, as they say. I wanted to, but the world didn't let me. I'm sorry it wasn't right for us this time. Maybe someday we'll try again. Florida, you are a sight for sore eyes. I forgot how green your pastures are. I forgot how quiet and serene you can be, even when there is a symphony of farm animals. I forgot how breathtaking your sunsets are and how good it feels to drive down your long roads. Oh, Florida, I didn't think I'd actually miss you, but I did. Now it feels so much better to see you. I learned a thing or two in California that helped me survive. I learned how to cook and experiment with food. I learned that moving my body is good, and it is a grounding practice. I've been incorporating those things into my life. While there are still some remnants of the war I faced, I'm beginning to find home in myself. Florida, dear... You are the perfect resting place while I decompress from my head-spinning trip. I'm grateful for all the information gained while I was on the West Coast. I'm grateful that even through hell, growth is inevitable. I'm grateful that I am beginning to overthrow the ocean of fire, that my mind is regaining its strength, my body is starting to feel comfortable taking up space. My heart is starting to fall in love with itself. And that this reprieve feels like a kiss from life. I'm grateful to be alive.
This concludes today's episode. Thanks for being part of this creative space. And thanks so much for listening today. From us at Fostering Creation to the creation you cultivate today. Have a great day.